Patriots and socialist distancers, it is time for your weekly dose of red pill politics. Welcome aboard, folks. It is January 28th. We're almost at the end of the month. We survived the first months of 2024 almost. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, and things are pretty heated out there. Um, but welcome aboard, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Uh, great to have you on board here. Um, and also, as one of our faithful listeners here at republicbroadcasting.org, all right, we have among the, the greatest audience in all of Al Gore's Internet. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, be sure to stop by. got lots of great specials over there. Uh, it's that time of the year where we need uh, our listeners to uh, step up and help support the network. All right, there's a lot of things that go into putting this signal out. Um, services large and small uh, that make this happen. And as I've told you before, anything that doesn't grow dies. And we want RBN to grow. We want to grow into new markets. So uh, you can help us do that. Help us keep the lights on, the signal going out uh, with donations, both large and small. If you've only got $5, it, uh, uh, to us that, that means as, as much as uh, uh, the large donations. All right, because it, it, it's all of you together that make this happen. So uh, please go to republicbroadcasting.org often. All right, there's a one-click player there where even progressives can listen. Okay, check it out. Lots of 24-7. You know, you've got great information there to be shared around, which you should be doing. Share it on your social media. And uh, I'd love to have you on my list, too. Redpillpolitics.tv is a way... You can do that and stay in touch with uh, the show. I throw out a live stream every week. There's two ways if you want to participate right now. Redpillpolitics.chattango.com. There's people chatting it up over there as we speak. And also, I throw out a live stream on the Rumble channel. You should already be connected to that. Give us a thumbs up. Make sure you uh, are subscribed to notifications so that you can come in every week. Share links, share ideas. We can take some questions right from the text chat, too. So uh, get involved. In almost every show, I ask you to do something. We're not just listeners and people that sit on our hands here. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I almost always ask you to actually do something. Right? We can't sit around and look at how bad things are and say someone's got to do something. All right, and then come to the epiphany that we are somebody. All right, let's let's do it. Let's get her done and save this republic. Because I promise you, if we go 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know that we, uh, how much longer we can go in the state of apathy that we're in. People have taken a, a passenger side seat in their own destiny and <laughs> letting government love on them really hard. All right, government doesn't love you. I, I hate to, you know, be the turd in the punch ball so early in the show, but um, yeah, government doesn't love you. So you need to get over that and realize that, uh, you know, here in America, things are done differently. These people that call themselves our leaders and our rulers are, in fact, public servants. They need to be trained to begin acting like, and when they speak to us, speak to us like we are the boss. All right? That's going to change. we got to stop turning our TVs on and waiting for government instruction, how government's going to love us better today. Let's not do that, folks. Uh, got a great interview lined up for you this week again. Um, Mr. Uh, Tommy Adway is going to be joining me. We had a, a talk here, a little pre-interview interview. And there was some things that uh, came out where my... Um, my view, my observations uh, were not quite right. They were off a little bit. And and we're going to talk uh, about that today, uh, more about the border and what's going on down there. And as you probably know, and we did inter- uh, interviews with the leadership of each of the three states for the border convoy. All right, We know that's going on. Actually, that's scheduled to kick off tomorrow leaving from Virginia and heading across country to the southern border, where there's a series of three rallies set up in California, Arizona, and Texas. Right? Takeourborderback.com is a website, as you recall. Check it out and head on a swivel. That's my advice. Uh, I, I think um, a, a movement to bring a, a mass of Americans together is exactly what's in order right now. As I look around the country and any positive progression forward for the people, for the we the people of the world, are in those uh, nations like Germany. You look what's going on over there in the Netherlands. Okay. France. I got to stop beating up on the French people quite as much as I have in the past. Uh, they're getting her done. Things are starting to happen. They're getting the attention of their leaders and rulers. Okay, they're getting their attention. Uh, that's something that we need here. And I don't mean in, we don't need to be violent. That's the thing, is that the greater the numbers, the less propensity for violence there is. And make it overwhelming, where government has to say, oops, we messed up. All right, there, there's no way we're going to go be able to go out there, um, you know, get our prostitute friends together and go out with some uh, double speak and pacify the vassals. That's not going to happen this time. Oops. Make it unenforceable. That's the numbers that we're talking about. And that's what we need. Now, we got to be smart, too, folks, that we're at a, an era right now where the the big brother government and all the 
uh, the agencies, you you got to know that one in ten people that you bump into at something like this is potentially a Fed. If they are, and then they're probably already on the ground there and have been since the announcement of this, uh, trying to uh, leverage the situation to see how it can be infiltrated and permeated. You know, you got your garden variety, um, whatever, the progressives. You know, what could they do? And they're rogue. They don't necessarily take marching orders uh, from George Soros, you know. They just work off from political signaling right now. Anything that they see that they don't like, they've been trained to attack it. You're going to have rogue elements that come out of nowhere that really can't be planned for other than planning for rogue elements to pop up. (laughs) But we do need to be there in big numbers. Very, very big numbers. And I often think, uh, you know, how ironic it is that we're we're having a convoy, yet all these trucks are going to go down there empty. They're going to drive right by our our um, our centers, our, our migrant centers right here. I, I think what should happen is before you guys leave for your convoy, is go out and do a circle around one of these places where they're um, in violation of Title Eight, Section thirteen twenty four where they're putting all these illegal aliens and offering them a free ride home. Okay, how how cool would that be to start filling up buses in 53-foot box trucks and shipping them right back home? Right, we've got a convoy for crying out loud. They're all supposed to meet down there on the 3rd. Don't go empty-handed. <laughs> uh, how great would that be? Could we get rid of them? Quickly? Yeah, sure we could. We could have a a quarterly convoy. Okay? A quarterly convoy where we we literally bring them back home. Let the adults in the room talk here. Let the government sit down and shut your pie hole. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, The people are are, uh, tuning into this and and all of the dangers associated with it is, you know, it's, it's hitting them. Uh, close to home now. It's not just some little thing they catch a glimpse of down in the deserts of, of Texas and, and Arizona. No, 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 no. Right now they're they're kicking kids out of their own uh, um, gymnasiums. Our our own homeless people are being uh, thrown out in the cold so that they can bus in migrants uh, from the equator. It's pretty unbelievable. Pretty unbelievable. Um, but attention is coming to this, and I'm going to uh, throw this out there right now so you're thinking about it good and early, and right along as this convoy plays out. In the background, if you go and listen to these creatures that call themselves our rulers and leaders, they are greasing the skids currently with the expected propaganda that surrounds a bipartisan immigration bill. Right? I submit to you, they do this all the time, they, they create a mess, they get caught in something, 
the the bottom's about to let out, a bubble's about to burst, okay, when they've gotten to that point, then they start making all kinds of loud noises like they're going, we're going to get serious now and have a bipartisan bill that we can all be happy with, you know, where, where there's bipartisan compromise. Uh, bipartisan compromise is them actually telling you that both parties now, because they got you all trained, remember this now, don't forget that there's a uniparty, what used to be a duopoly, uh, you know, they got you thinking there's only two, so as long as you fall into one of those two camps, they just got to corrupt those two camps. They can both stand and represent uh, the same thing, the same end game, the same goals, but as long as they got you all polarized, and then they, they come out with this imagery of a bipartisan compromise all right, a compromise is not a good thing. A compromise means you're about to be compromised in some way. You're about to give something up that you that you you benefit from. So they're coming out and telling you we're we're about to come together in in a bipartisan way where you are both going to lose. All of you are going to lose. We are going to go in and compromise all of us. And they're coming out and telling you this. So here's what I think. All right, maybe I'm wrong, but here's what I think. Is that it's, this convoy is unavoidable. They're not going to be able to divert attention away from it. They're going to do all the usual demonizing that they can do. But while we're distracted with that, in the background, the Mitch McConnells of the world, right, they're going to be working on this bipartisan compromise. And then they're going to announce this grand announcement. We have done it. The Democrats and the Republicans have come together in a way that shows love for everybody. All right. Even your new American illegal aliens, Americanized illegal aliens. All right. Welcome. They're going to legalize them right in front of you and call it a bipartisan and and can try to convince you that it's what you wanted. That's what I think is going to happen because they're talking about it now. They're greasing the skids. They're injecting stuff into the news stream. You see it. You hear it. Bipartisan compromise. You're about to get it, folks. All right. I just got notified uh, my guest, uh, for today's show is in the wings and waiting for us. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Um, do hit the share button, please. All right, let's get the uh, um, the video out there. Get the, the URL for Republic Broadcasting out there. Get people listening. The first half of the show is going to be the interview only. And hour number two uh, will field some uh, calls from the listeners. So that being said, I'd like to introduce uh, to the show... Mr. Tommy Attaway, who is a, a former Army officer, currently serving in the Texas State Guard. Uh, he's an author um, and has got vast experience in an area of uh, uh, Texas that I'm very much interested in talking about today. Uh, Tommy, welcome to the show. Dave, thank you for having me on the program. Uh, it's great to have you, boy. I, I uh, <laughs> sit back. I I almost want to go through almost everything that we we talked about in our pre-interview 
interview. Um, but, and hopefully we'll get to uh, touch on a lot of that. Uh, but you first, what, what I want to get the most out of this. Um, so I guess um, first and foremost, by the time we end up our, our conversation today, what is the one take-home message? What is the one thing that the average listener out there needs to understand about what's going on in a, in a whole, I don't want to put on blinders and hyperfixate on any one thing because there's a lot going on with the NGOs, uh, the, uh, the countries involved and in where the streams of, of illegals are coming from, uh, the, the, the way we're working domestically with, with foreign entities, in particular an area where I was wrong in my assumptions uh, is with the relationship between the cartels and the actual domestic gangs that are already here and have turf in the United States. But um, what's the, the focal point that you think is most important uh, for people who are listening to this interview today? It is absolutely imperative that we have control of the border so that the only traffic coming into or leaving the United States is through the designated ports of entry. And if we don't get that control, we are in the situation that we're currently in where, A, we're overrun by illegal aliens. Um, I think a more reasonable estimate is we have somewhere between 50 and 60 million currently in the country. So that means basically one person in six or seven is an illegal alien. Um, we're overrun here in Texas. Um for example, about one-third of all auto accidents involve somebody who is an illegal alien, doesn't have insurance or driver's license. And if you're not in a border state, that is coming to you if it hasn't made it there already. And how, um, how does that cost translate? Because you, you mentioned something about that when we spoke, is when you go and buy auto insurance there now, uh, there's a little checkbox where you've got to actually chip in and pay for those that, that you might get in an accident with who are uninsured. So we're actually paying for their insurance as they drive around without any, correct? Correct. So if you live in Texas and you do not have the additional auto insurance for uninsured motorists, um, you can figure at some point your, your car is going to get wrecked and you're paying for it one way or another. Now, uh, the border is a big place. There's uh, points of entry that uh, have been established. Um, and this really is, if we, we step back for a moment, again, not with blinders on, but look at the whole situation. Um, look at jurisdiction. Who's supposed to do what and when? You know, there's not one mention of immigration in the Constitution anywhere. There is, however, mention of naturalization. That is a responsibility that falls squarely in the lap of the federal government to establish a fair means of immigration and naturalization. They've done that. And it, it really has become a case of selective enforcement. They've just chosen not to enforce the existing laws. So all this, this blabber we hear about a bipartisan compromise bill, um, we don't even need, I don't think. Um, I got bumper music coming in. 
Uh, sit with that for a moment, Tommy, and I'll, we'll let you answer that in full uh, right after this quick break. Listen to Red Pill Politics. Stay with us. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. And welcome back. Happy Sunday to everybody. It's January 28th, and uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we've got Tommy Attaway with us today, uh, Texas State Guard, former Army officer, author. Uh, got a lot going on there, Tommy, and we uh, appreciate you taking some time to come on the show and, and talk more specifically about what's uh, going on here at the border. Um, 
we were talking about processes and procedures. We pretty much have everything, I think, in place. And if you uh, want to, you know, stick to the Constitution, as I suggest, uh, we got the federal government has established a fair means of naturalization. We have a Tenth Amendment that says uh, states have rights and they can defend their borders. And that's where the uh, defense of our borders, because we have 50 uh, nation states, if you will, each with their own borders. Each of them uh, have their own sets of rules, have their own constitution. Okay, they have the right to defend their borders, but we're seeing everything go awry here. Governments now saying that they need something new. I don't think they do. I don't think we even have enough uh, uh, background information to know whether the existing policies and laws work or not because you're not using them. Uh, would you say this is more of an issue of selective enforcement or is there something broken about the laws that we have? Um, right now, it's primarily selective enforcement because all the Border Patrol does is process illegal aliens into the country under their fake asylum claims. And so they'll get a court date to appear sometime in 2032, and until then they're free to roam about the country. And, of course, you know, they're consuming, um, you know, medical, welfare, you know, all of these other taxpayer things. And so this is an extremely critical issue here in Texas because the estimate was that the illegal aliens were costing the state of Texas $40 billion a year in terms of having their kids in public school, welfare benefits, health care for them, you know, everything else. So in the last legislative session, the Texas legislature allocated $5.6 billion to border security and in the special session a couple of months ago, added another $1.5 billion to that. And so because the federal government has failed in its responsibilities, uh, the state of Texas has taken it upon itself to do what the federal government should have been doing all along. And, and you know, this is a long-term thing. You know, we remember back when uh, President Reagan was sandbagged. Hey, if you just give the illegal aliens already here amnesty, we'll secure the border. Right? Yeah, and it uh, never works. Yeah. It incentivizes surges, and that's what the, the the world saw coming, and certainly Biden signaled that, and boy, it was like uh, firing the, the starting gun. Uh, they were on their way with the expectations that the legislation would be forced uh, to modernize and accept them. Yeah, and that's what this whole bipartisan deal about you know, basically says, okay, hey, Republicans, you know, only let in 5,000 a day or 1.8 million a year, okay? And, uh, and we'll take care of the rest and, oh, well, you know, we'll give them, oh, you know, pathway to citizenship and everything else. And, and all that they're doing is replacing our population with a new population which will be more compliant to the desires of a tyrannical government because no. they come from places where they're used to that. I've asked the same question. I'm going to ask you, too, because I'm starting to get um, mixed answers. Is I've been asking people from Texas, and they are at varying uh, distances from uh, the border, um, whether their area is actually swamped and overwhelmed. And uh, many of them will say, not really, that 
because of the nature of what it is, the first act that they do as they cross the border is illegal. And if the first thing you do is to commit a crime, you don't stick around uh, where you committed the crime. And they're heading deeper into the country. So those that live along the border, some are saying it's not a problem. Yet others are saying, yeah, they're in there. They're mixed in uh, with the street gangs. And and as you're just pointing out, uh, their children are in the school districts and, and the pressure is being felt in different ways. So uh, where do you where, what do you think is uh, an accurate representation in that big gray area? Well, it's variable. So if you take, for example, El Paso or Laredo. Uh, Hold on. I'm sorry, Tom. We've got another uh, quick break coming in. Hold on. We'll get to it right after this. This is Red Pill Politics, and you're listening to RepublicBroadcasting.org. Hit the share button, and we'll be right back. Is it conspiracy? Do shadow hands run democracy? The edges speak of a lie Shrouded in secrets and mysteries Bloodlines of history, they sit at the top You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party 
property and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Politics, folks, we're joined this week with Tommy Attaway, author, former Army officer in Texas State Guard. We're talking about what's going on down at the border right now. Um, we're going to try to cover a few different bases, everything from jurisdiction, which we're uh, kind of in right now, and enforcement. And I want to also talk about the uh, relationship with the cartels, uh, their effect. Because one of the things, and, and uh, maybe we can jump in uh, uh, some of the impacts of the cartels uh, after this, is I was planning on, because I, I try to have some situational awareness uh, in a lot of people that are prepping uh, for rougher days, for bumpy roads, um, set uh, triggers for themselves, things that you're likely to see when uh, unrest when society is kind of in decline and about to fail. And, you know, one of those triggers I expected uh, to see in the urban areas as they begin to seriously degrade was uh, turf wars. There's already turf wars that take place to uh, some extent with the existing domestic gangs. Uh, but, you know, there's kind of background noise, you know. But I, you would see a noted uptick as uh, the cartels and as the illegals uh, begin to come in and invade their turf. And you told me something that kind of floored me is, and I, and I may not be able to use that as a trigger now, because the uh, gang environment, if you will, in Texas has already changed. There's been a takeover uh, of the uh, by the cartels and an influence by the cartels 
that happened amongst the background noise. I didn't notice it. So uh, maybe we can talk about that after. But uh, I want to give you a chance because we went in a break there just as you were about to uh, um, reply to a question. Uh, but go ahead, Tommy. Okay, so like in the larger cities, you know, of El Paso, you know, when you've already got almost a million population, dumping 10,000 people in there, you know, is hardly noticeable. If you take like Del Rio at 35,000 or Eagle Pass at 30,000, you dump 5,000 people in there, well, it's noticeable. And the, the point of this dumping them is that's what the Border Patrol does. Then they're picked up by a non-governmental organization and they move them into the interior of the country. So while Governor Abbott's bus program gets a lot of attention because, you know, we send a few thousand people to uh, New York, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Chicago, Denver, or Los Angeles, actually most of the transport is being done by various non-governmental organizations, meaning Catholic Charities, Methodist Church, you know, other uh, lefties, who get government grants from the federal government to the tune of $400 billion a year. So we have our own federal government financing all of this illegal immigration, you know, the, the illegal aliens invading the country so they can destroy it. Well, separate and, of the NGOs, how prevalent are the churches in participating in this? Um, they're heavily involved in it. Um, so especially Catholic charities, and there's a, a Methodist church-related one, so they actually will run a so-called shelter, okay, in some of the border communities, and so they actually take the thousands of people that come in every day from the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol puts them on a bus, the bus drops them off at the shelter, and then they proceed to put those people on other buses to, like, maybe San Antonio, and even give them plane tickets. So everybody I encountered already had a smartphone and a couple hundred dollars cash on them, okay, that had been provided to them, and then also they get some new clothes and, you know, a few snacks along the way. And you, you know, they've already got des destinations to the interior of the United States already pre-planned. Do you know when many of these people made their initial contact and application for uh, whether it be citizenship or if, or if they're uh, fleeing persecution and they're supposed to be, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, mental block yeah, here? Yeah, asylum claim, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Where are they making application? Because by international law, you're supposed to, as soon as you go in, cross a friendly border, you're supposed to go to, uh, to an embassy. And, and, and what's happening here? Because I think these phones are being shipped in because it's way easier to ship a, 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 a pallet of phones deep into Mexico and have them make application from wherever their little hideouts are. Um, and, and what is the legality of that? Because uh, I think that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. Where, where yeah, are they? It's a total violation uh, of U.S. law. And so the way that they do it is that the um, Customs and Border Patrol actually has an Internet app that they can download and put on their phones called CBP-1. So they actually put their asylum claims into that app in their home country and basically are then given permission to come into the United States. Hmm. 
And so are these phones considered to be like international territory wherever they land? Are they like an embassy? I mean, what? it doesn't seem legal. Uh, no, but, you know, we're, we're at the point to where the federal government, you know, pretty much ignores laws and the Constitution mm-hmm. anyway. So what's one more? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I'm considering doing is putting in a FOIA request for the ping data. Because with those phones were fired up and initialized and someone made application from somewhere uh, that uh, GPS can uh, determine. And I, I, I was hoping to protect and or actually get uh, some of that information. But My uh, guess will be is that the phones are actually owned, bought, or whatever by the non-government organizations. And, you know, so all of this goes underhanded to where, you know, it won't be searchable by a FOIA request, or for that matter, you know, by a congressional committee even issuing subpoenas. Hmm, interesting. Could this happen without the NGOs? What what would be the result if the NGOs were to just disappear right now? If the NGOs were to disappear right now, everybody would have to try and make it to the southern border using their own resources with nobody paying anything for them. And if you assume, you know, these are poor people that, you know, don't make the equivalent of maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars a year, okay, in their home countries, how are they going to get to the U.S. border with Mexico? Yeah, because I was seeing uh, where they have deals, you know, three thousand dollars for the cartels to shuttle them from point A to point B. And, you know, you look at these people and they're supposed to be poor and destitute. How would a a person or a family uh, save that kind of money? So there's not even, you know, this isn't their money that they've saved to make it to America. Um, This is all NGO money. Yeah, 95 percent of it. The others basically sell their their selves or their kids into slavery. And so they're brought over um, basically at the expense of the cartels, and then the cartels own them here in the United States and have them working at whatever to where they get like $2 an hour and the cartel pockets the rest of the money that they make until their debt is paid off to the cartel. And your listeners, I'm sure, can understand what that means. Yeah, and let's do a segue now with the cartels, because this kind of blew my mind. Um, I was expecting that there were going to be flare-ups in turf wars, major turf wars uh, between domestic gangs as either the cartels came into town to, you know, keep the skids greased for the flow of uh, illegals, um, or just the illegals themselves as they start to gang up. Um, So, you know, here I am, I'm kind of scanning and looking for articles and flare-ups in uh, the cities along the border states. And it's it blends in again with background noise. It didn't happen. Uh, explain to me, you know, it, I mean, you, you, what you told me, just I, I want you to say that again, but the cartels have already come in and either taken over or infiltrated all of the domestic gangs. Yeah, so the cartels are are much better financed. And so what that does is it gives them the advantage in the the turf wars inside the United States because for years, you know, um, 
law enforcement, and by this I mean, you know, large city police departments, have always had, you know, criminal gang and violence units. So, you know, they already knew who the American gangs were and were, were going after them. And then when you combine the cartels coming in and also going after the U.S. gangs, well, they're at a real disadvantage because, well, few people in law enforcement know who the cartel members are because, well, you know, they just show up. And you don't have any history with them. You don't know exactly who they are in that whole mass movement of people through your city. Because when you've got through the non-governmental organizations, thousands of people coming in, you know, and your law enforcement, you need to be able to figure out some way of, well, out of those thousands, which ones were going to be of interest to us. And, you know, since there's been no screening, you know, nothing going on when they come into the country, uh, you know, you, you don't know who the enemy is until they've already made their hits and taken over. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're going to come in with a, a banner waving their flag saying we're the, the cartel gang. Uh, they literally, uh, you know, like you said, they, they become part of the existing gangs. They just blend right in. So it's deceptive when you're like a mayor of a city trying to deal with gang violence and when you're dealing with a new gang. But it's it's not always like that. They just get in and take control of uh, the existing gangs that are out there or just put them on the payroll, right? Because the cartels well, are dealing with much bigger dollars. They're just buying these guys. Yeah, and, and you know that's been one of the, the issues, and it's one of the reasons why historically Border Patrol agents are only assigned to one sector of the border for six months and then rotated somewhere else. So it, it makes it more difficult to bribe them. But, of course, you know, when you're dealing with sheriff departments or, you know, police departments, you know, that are are permanent personnel, you know, that becomes an issue here in Texas as well. And and there have been a a few cases, of course, where, um, you know, city officials or law enforcement personnel, um, you know, have been bribed and and have been tools of the cartels. Um, It's a very... You know, these guys are all about money and business. And so if we get back to, you basically have three price structures to get people into the country for the cartels. Okay, there's the cartel will get you up to the border, and at that point you're kind of on your own to get in. Uh, For a higher price, the cartel will get you over the border and basically turn you over to the border patrol to process you into the country. And then the high price, most important people... They pay for the cartels to get them to the interior of the United States without encountering any federal agent law enforcement whatsoever. And these, of course, are going to be many of the cartel-related either gang members or foreign entities that want to smuggle their people into the United States. For example, Chinese Communist Party, you know, uh, Muslim jihadis, you know, we, we have a great deal of risk here, and, you know, that comes to now back to where we are with Texas and the border situation. You know, at some point, something is going to go really bad here on the order of 9-11, and everybody is going to say, hey, how did these people get into the country? And they're going to organize a lot quicker than I thought, too, because what's becoming evident, uh, Michael Yan, I follow a lot of his work, and uh, the highest agency is one of the 
uh, nonprofits, and that's the one my Orcus uh, used to be a board member of. And now he's facing, I think, two different impeachment efforts on him. Uh, good on that. Uh, but that was right next uh, to a place that uh, Jan calls uh, uh, Chinaville or, or Chinatown. And it is a collection point where the Chinese are have institutionalized the, the flow of illegals is coming in from China and they are there in a, in a single camp in a single area and they move as groups. Um, are you seeing this, uh, uh, with other, uh, other countries like we're seeing with yeah. China, because they're going to come in if they're traveling as a group, they're coming in as a group and there's a pre organization organization taking place. So when they hit the ground here in, in our little towns, I mean, these could be functioning cells for all you yeah. know. You don't know what they're being instructed and trained to do. Yeah, currently most of the Chinese end up in California. Um, a lot of what we think are probably the hardcore Muslims um, head up I-35 toward uh, Michigan, you know, Dearborn, uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, uh, Twin Cities, um and, you know, there's a few other little Muslim kind of enclaves throughout the country. Uh, you know, a lot of what we get, I, I'd say it's still probably 80 percent more or less Spanish speaking of some degree. Um, you know, and they're throughout the United States. And, and again, you know, they're being used as just a, a raw labor force off the books um, so that, of course, you know, companies that don't want to hire Americans have a cheap source of labor. Um, you know, so again, what this does is, is it puts all this additional economic pressure on the working class and middle class Americans uh, because, you know, not only do you, are these people taking your jobs, you know, you're also having to, to pay for all of their social benefits. Traditionally, those have uh, often been agricultural jobs. When harvest season comes around, you know, up here in Massachusetts along the, the River Valley, it was very common uh, for migrant workers to come in, uh, pick the fields. Um, but with the Green Initiative and everything that's going on, they're literally trying to destroy farming here like they are in other nations right now. Um, so even those jobs are, are even going to be further restricted with the pressure against agriculture. Um, it's a hot mess. Um, now, the border in general, on our side, it's like Swiss cheese pretty much. The, uh, I think the border wall has been effective to a certain point. Um, but, you know, there's not the oversight that I, I see on this side is certainly lacking. When you look at the Mexico side in terms of monitoring uh, the border, um, is it equally as porous over there? Uh, the cartels, are they... Equally as spotty, because uh, I, I uh, pointed out to you that this little shanty town uh, that back in the days, back in the 90s, maybe the 80s and 90s, uh, you know, it may have had some activity. But right now, completely run down shanty ghost town of Lalinda, which happens to be right next to the Lalinda International Bridge built by Dow Chemical. Um, it was shut down in 1997. Because everyone in the area was uh, suspecting 
of smuggling across there and organized crime. And, you know, as I pan the area, as soon as you get into the United States, there's an airport, a one uh, one lane airport that is still functioning. And it had all the everything you would expect uh, for smuggling to take place, even human smuggling, trafficking. But, you know, is the I mean, is the cartel at a place like that? Because no one's looking there. It may not be a focal point right now, a a plan A for those that are surging the border. But, man, did it look suspicious to me and like it could be a backup location uh, for trafficking. And when I look at government, government's been dragging its feet because this is in the same area as uh, the Trans-Texas Corridor, a.k.a. NAFTA Superhighway. But is uh, is the cartel watching places like that? Yeah, that the the area that you're talking about happens to be a battleground between two of the cartels, Los Zetas and a cartel, Huasco New Generation. And so, because it's on the front line, that's probably why it doesn't have a whole lot of activity right now. But as soon as one cartel or the other controls the Mexican side of the border, you know, then it, it becomes uh, a prime thing because there's 28 bridges uh, across the Rio Grande between Texas and Mexico. And, um, you know, obviously what happens here is the the ones that are used most extensively and are also have the, the most attention from customs uh, in, are used basically as decoys. And so you, you, you know, get everybody excited about, you know, a, a drug bust there while, you know, through one of the more um, isolated locations, you, you bring through the majority of the shipment or something that's particularly valuable um, because there, there aren't the resources to cover the entire border. You know, one of the ways I use to explain this is, all right, just the Texas part of the Mexico border is 1,250 miles. Okay, so what does that mean? It means, you know, if I took a raft and threw it in the Rio Grande at El Paso and I floated all the way down the Texas border to Brownsville, I've traveled a distance that's farther than Berlin to Moscow. Yeah. And and so, you know, we have about 2,800 Border Patrol agents to cover the entire southern border. Yeah, I'm, yeah it's, it's an <laughs> ominous <laughs> thing. But, uh, you know, uh, how many of those bridges, you said, what, 28 bridges along uh, Texas? Uh, how many yeah. of them got an airport on, right on the outside of it? Um, well... You know, so most of them are around town. So we take, like, Mission McAllen, so there's International Airport there. Laredo, those two bridges, International Airport there. Um, Eagle Pass has a small airport, so does Del Rio. Um, then, of course, you know, obviously El Paso has a, a several bridges, you know, International Airport there. So actually more than half of those bridges have airports nearby. Nearby as, you know, within 30 miles, I think that would be just about all of them. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, a 30-mile trek is is one thing. Uh, what struck me here is that this was when you came off from the bridge on the American side, it was the, right there. You stepped uh, pretty much onto the entryway 
uh, to the airport. It was that close. Someone could be in Mexico uh, one moment and five minutes later uh, lifting off the ground from an airport on the other side of the bridge. Um, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's one of our differences in perspectives. And so, for example, if I take what we call the Dallas-Fort Worth area and, you know, it's suburbs, you know, so we have like what we'd call McKinney on the northeast and Burleson on the southwest. Well, that territory is larger than the state of Connecticut. You know, Texas has 254 counties. One of them is larger than Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the scale that we're used to dealing with here in, in Texas, you know, we think of 30 miles as nothing. You know, mm-hmm. I've driven over two hours or over 100 miles just to have lunch with somebody. Yeah, I mean, that makes it a little bit more doable in terms of patrolling the border is that there's vast areas that they would have to get through uh, before a scheduled, uh, uh, you know, drive-by would happen. So, I mean, it is a big area, but it's also a pretty unforgiving area. People are not going to want to challenge just the elements there. Um, But, man, we've got to do something. Uh, Yeah, so... So that's one of the things about the, the Big Bend area is because the NAFTA superhighway was not built, um, you know, it, it takes them a good three, two to three hours to get to an interstate highway uh, from that particular region of the border. Um, you know, other places are much better connected on the U.S. side for transportation, and so that's why they get most uh, of the activity. So, for example from um, Eagle Pass or Del Rio, um, you're about an hour and a half away from the interstate. Wow. All right. I'm going to ask you one more question on NAFTA Superhighway, but we're uh, at the top of the hour. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, talk more about the border, and uh, take listener calls, listening to Red Pill Politics, and this is the Republic Broadcasting Network. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. 
Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.